Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Welcome to the program. Hello, Dan Torres. Hello, Buzz. Well, something just happened. What just happened? You want to know? I do. World Cup U.S. victory over Iran 1-0. Christian Pulisic scored a goal. He was injured, so he was removed for the second half. Iran, from what I've read, did extremely well for the second half, was really aggressive, really tried to get the goal because they didn't need to win to qualify. The U.S. had to win in order to go to the knockout rounds. And with the victory, they go. So the U.S. will go on to the round of 16, as they call it, and Iran is out. So that just happened uh, probably a minute or two ago. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's for U.S. soccer. It's trying to grow its base. This is kind of the win they need in order to grow the following of, of U.S. soccer fans. So, Is that what it's all about, growing soccer fans? Oh, a big part of it. I don't think it's all about that. And they already that. have a lot of group soccer fans in the United States, yeah. right? And they're, and they're going to be hosting the World Cup in 2026 That's with right. Mexico and Canada as uh, joint host countries. So I it's shudder to think about how they won, how the United States won the competition to be the home site for the next World <laughs> Cup. Ooh, Buzz, I don't know. Do you have any allegations you want to talk about? I do. They're barely <laughs> allegations. I have no firsthand information, but... Um, Breaking news on WHMP. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say it because it would be defamatory, but it begins with a C and ends with eruption. <laughs> Vulc- <laughs> is there a volcano eruption going on no, here? It doesn't start with a V and a C, yeah. I, eruption. Eruption. Okay. Yeah. All I, right, corruption. I think right, that I go. think is that what you're getting off at? a lot of money. And, um uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have no uh, articles confirming that for the US that happened in that bit. But this is this is rampant around FIFA and uh, specifically for Russia. What, what is FIFA? It's the Feder- Soccer Federation of the yeah. World. That, yeah, it's um, Federation of Football Associations. Football so Association. it's the yeah. worldwide sort of amalgam of all the football associations. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so on December 2nd, 2010, they gave Russia and Qatar the 2018 World Cup in Russia. And they gave uh, Qatar the World Cup in 2022. Right. I just, in, in preparation for this conversation, I just mm. went to Google to the pronunciation mm-hmm. thing where you just see the lips and you yeah. click on the lips, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, uh, it says it in Arabic, which sounds a lot like Qatar. Um, okay. Uh, so, so you're, you're correcting me then the way I just well, said Well, I'm it. <laughs> not because it also said it also pronounced. So people say Qatar as yeah. if it's C-U-T-T-E-R. Yeah. Um, and people say Qatar. Qatar. And, and I'm gonna go with that. The Brits don't end it with an R; they end it with an A H. Kata. Kata. Right? So I think there's a lot of pronunciation. Almost like Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So I look and and the, the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. Um, there's been a lot of controversy. Why did Russia get it? For a lot of reasons, people had asked them to to lo- had asked FIFA to remove. Uh, the games from being held in Russia uh, back in 2018. And uh, Qatar has experienced a, a similar uh, request uh, for 2022. 
So uh, for a lot of reasons, which we can go into. But yeah, well, there is a lot of reasons, and I, I guess the big um, sort of. <clears throat> I guess what I would do is put it all under a, the big question, which is what is the role that politics should play in international sports? You know, the original thesis back in 1896 for the Olympics mm. was rather than living in a state of enmity, it is better for people to compete in a wholesome sort of way against each other and on, on, on sporting fields and uh, in various sports, and that that's a way to bring the world together rather than driving it apart. But mm. in in fact, we we just see every every two years, every four years, um, you know, for the Olympics, for the World Cup, for international competitions, we see um, politics straining uh, goodwill. I think. I mean, it, it, look, just building this facility for these right. World Cups. What have you heard about it? Well, uh, so I read today that in a Qatari official said that between four and 500 uh, workers d died building the, not only the stadiums, but the infrastructure. Right. Built uh, bridges, bridges, roadways. And just yeah. so people understand, so in, in, from what I know about Qatar, and I am no expert, but uh, the vast maybe the majority of their population are from India, Bangladesh, other countries that come to Qatar for work. So this... Uh, they're migrants. They're migrant workers, yes. And they are living in uh, what I can only describe as squalor conditions. Yeah, I think squalor is, is, is the best, the best you can get. get. Yeah, and very difficult long hours in the heat... And it is hot. Yeah, 120 degrees because, Fahrenheit. And they made the World Cup in November, which it is traditionally in June and July, because it would be too hot in June and July. So you look at the number of individuals who perished building these stadiums. Well, we've yeah. also heard thousands. Yeah, by the way, yes, good point. Qatar uh, says, whatever they say, four say, or 500, but we've also read thousands. We, yeah, there was a figure that said since they were awarded, so and since 2010... That the figure was around 6,500 individuals um, ha have perished. And building the infrastructure, not just the stadiums, but like the roads and everything, the airports and all of these constructions. I mean, it's a country rich in oil and resources. Um, but for the citizens, from my understanding of, of Qatar. Yeah, there's an article in the New York Times. Um, it was back in November, I think it was. Maybe it's right after Thanksgiving, but um, I'm looking for it right now, but I'm not finding it. But it was an article in which the Qataris bristle mm. at what they see as this incredible hypocrisy uh, by the rest of the world criticizing them for their human rights violation. And they go through a litany of uh, examples that sort of yeah. make and sense, right? I mean, it's like we, we do. And uh, Oh, I just found it. You found it. I found it. Go it ahead. It's the 25th of November. It's a New York Times article. Qataris bristle at what they see as double standards over their World Cup. It begins with Rod Stewart was offered more than a million dollars to perform here at the World Cup. And he said, no, that's not right. I won't go. But then they point out the number of times that he has gone to Abu Dhabi and to the uh, United Arab Emirates, all countries which have authoritarian monarchies that face allegations of human rights violations and 
Um, he then refused to comment, uh, declined to comment. Uh, it, it's a complicated situation. Well, here's how complicated it is. If, if you want to say that a country can host the World Cup, but it must have certain human rights standards, okay? Now, no country is perfect, but then you are likely to exclude a lot of countries from the Middle East, Central Asia, some swaths of, of the continent of Africa, Latin America. Where will you be playing the World Cup? The well, Netherlands? Let's start with Norway? the Middle East. Let's start with the fact that the second largest religion... 1.9 billion people of our 8 billion people on this planet, it's estimated so that's 25% of the world's population, are Muslim. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not 100% sure this is 100% accurate, but it's darn close to say that every Muslim-dominated country bans homosexuality. It is unlawful, and in some of them there's brutal sanctions for uh, for engaging in homosexuality. So here we have this this situation which a number of con- uh, teams wanted to wear rainbow armbands in protest for Qatar's policy, anti-LGBTQ plus policies. Um, and yet that's what they say is religion. So is it ethnocentric to say we insist that you accept homosexuality or else we won't let our teams play there. We won't agree to you as a site. Or is it uh, giving due deference to say, well, that's your standards, that's your mores, we're going to respect them. Which do you think? I mean, that's a difficult question to answer because, I mean, however I answer it, I mean, I, I tend to think that the responsibility lies with FIFA and that they shouldn't have given uh, you know, the the deal should have been, okay, you can host these countries since you're hosting this party for us. And yes, you're going to make money and we're going to make money and everyone's going to be happy making money. But these are the stipulations for which we are demanding you you have. And it, that's the way it's like, I'm throwing a party at your house. You're now telling me, hey, you're at my house. I'm going to decide the rules. But it's like, hey, Buzz, I am organizing the party. So I tend to think I tend to think the the responsibility, I grant you the right to host the party. I could have given it to another country. So I'm just speculating right now. Uh, Why do you think FIFA said it when there was that controversy over wearing rainbow? uh, They're making, they're making, yeah, they're making money and they don't want to upset the the, the Qatar government. Begins with a C and ends with eruption. Corruption. <laughs> that's I mean that's that's a big part of it. And and again, they they it should be stipulated up front. Like you cannot do these things. If they want to wear armbands, they will wear armbands, right? That shows support and solidarity. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You have a right not to like it, but you won't be hosting the World Cup then at your country. Right. It's like that's the way I would look at it. And, and obviously, I mean, there's been a lot of reporting that the government has paid certain FIFA officials money uh, to, to say, hey, support our bid. And I'm pretty sure that happened with the Russia bid as well. So really, where is the social responsibility of the Olympics as well? Let's, let's be honest. If we're talking about FIFA, this, this is much bigger than pretty FIFA. pretty much every international competition, competition. faces this. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, they, they hosted in, in China. Should China. Where did the standard... I mean, this gets into a whole list of... Like, it's like, where do you draw the line then, right? Should, should China have hosted the Olympics in 2008? I mean, they were making trends and moves towards having a, a, 
open, more open society. Now they've kind of trended against that uh, movement in recent years with there now being a president who's no longer restricted by two terms. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a question. It's like, where do you draw the line? Because if you're going to say you haven't met these minimum standards, you're now restricting which countries can host this. And from FIFA's perspective, they want soccer to be global. That does make them more money, but they, this is to them, they feel this is the global sport of the world and we want to go everywhere. And I had this conversation with my dad who is in his uh, early seventies and, you know, he, he's told me uh, how the gap between the kind of big powerhouse countries, the Germany's, the UK's and the gap between other countries, historically, it was all Europe that dominated football and would play teams from, you know, the, the Middle East or Africa and just dominate them maybe in the fifties and sixties. Times have changed a lot. And now you're really seeing Although a lot your of dad's players. Dad's seen Brazil kind of cleaning clock right now. Yeah, so far, but it's not. It, I, it's got Cameroon on Friday. Don't don't underestimate Cameroon. I That's I, what I you just said to me about it. I did. I, you know what? <laughs> I I did say that. But, I'm San Diego Padres. You said that. <laughs> I did. I like the San Diego San Diego Padres. Okay, blame me. Like here, here's the way I say it: is the favorites rarely win. It's actually the team that's playing really well that people aren't necessarily paying attention to, and they're going to take off at the right moment. Right. Nobody can stay in front of them. There we just some saw that with teams. the Phillies until the end of that series. We yeah, just, yeah. They and, just peaked at the right time. Right, and, and you saw that, and, and the countries like uh, Serbia, uh, Croatia, have very good teams. I mean, Brazil played Croatia in the first game. It's a solid team. They have solid players that play all around the world. There's quality there, and... Uh, you know, you see this as well, I think, in Ghana, in Senegal. Those are teams that maybe these old-school European teams are going to think, like, we're going to dominate. But watch, there will be games where they think they're better and they're going to get beat and not realize what happened. And we've already seen it with Japan beating Germany 2-1. to one, And we saw Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. And every player in the Saudi Arabia team is in their domestic league. Not one plays outside of Saudi Arabia. So to give Dan you Torres, your knowledge and your zeal just leaked out. We were talking about politics and sports, and you went into Sorry. the quality of the rest of the world, world. vis-a-vis <laughs> those powerhouses that we think of, like Argentina and, yeah, and Germany. Brazil yeah. and Germany. Right. So, um, but I think uh, we're going to take a break. But I, you know, I, I just want to the, the the tumult. The fact that the um, pl- players were told that if, in fact, they wear armbands in protest or if uh, Iran refuses to, if the players refuse to sing the national anthem of Iran, that their families will be persecuted, maybe tortured, arrested. And that was a threat that we heard happen. But yet we have our own Colin Kaepernick stories where... <laughs> He, too, refused to participate in the national anthem, and as a result, uh, he was banned from... His livelihood was stripped yeah. of him. So, yeah, hypocrisy does reign, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I think some might say there's there's some degrees of differences there, given that, like, one is being instru- enforced by the government uh, on individuals for choosing not to sing the national anthem. I mean, there you had Trump. I guess you're right. Trump was was kind of speaking for the government. And, but this one was more of a private agency, the NFL, right? Which there's some regulatory powers the government does have over them. So, I mean, some of the details matter, but I understand your point. And, uh, yeah, politics uh, it, it has always been part, I think, of sports and how that kind of plays out. And there's always an interplay. And people think that, 
uh, politics won't be part of sports. It's always been there. And certain players have been able to exercise that speech and bring up issues that, that mean a lot to them. Muhammad Ali, I mean, I think is, is, is one that, I mean, everybody talks about, but Colin Kaepernick never really got a chance. And I followed his career long before that. And he was talented and should have been playing. Very. And he should have, at a minimum, been a backup for the league for many, many years. He was a starter um, and took the team. He was to a starter. He did. He did. And I was cheering for them to win. Didn't yeah. win. But uh, yeah. So it's. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say. Well, what uh, what to say insane. is we have our own problems, right? Yeah. I think they they should uh, award, award the uh, World Cup to uh, UMass. We will celebrate diversity, uh, and uh, we will also. Uh, enjoy the sports that are before us. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in a couple of minutes. Stick with us. This is the Afternoon Fuzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. I see somebody dressed up as uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer running. We have uh, someone as a Christmas tree. It yes. looks like they are wearing pine needles. Yes. I don't know if that makes it more or less fun to run in. This Sunday, the hot chocolate run for Safe Passage is back. And WHMP will be there live, broadcasting from the run in downtown Northampton. Safe Passage is the Hampshire County organization addressing domestic violence. you still got time to sign up to run, walk, or volunteer. Then share your fundraising page with family and friends to create year-round support for survivors of domestic violence violence. Join us live in person in downtown Northampton this Sunday, or join us right here on WHMP for the live broadcast of the Hot Chocolate Run for Safe Passage. When you look at this event, does it say something to you about Northampton as a community? It's a remarkable testament to what people can do when they're all working on the same issue. WHMP's support of the Hot Chocolate Run is made possible by Whalen Insurance Northampton. Local people, local service, local insurance. Looking for the perfect place to watch the game? Hi, I'm Caleb Hiliadis, head brewer of Amherst Brewing. Make the Hangar Pub and Grill your go-to spot to catch all the action this season. Our famous wings come with your choice of 26 flavors, and with 25 years of beer making experience, there's an Amherst Brewing beer for every drinker. Now that's a winning combo. Join us for weekly trivia nights in Amherst, Westfield, Agawam, South Hadley, and Greenfield. Visit HangarPub.com for more of what we have cooking and brewing today. At American National, we understand the tried-and-true farm and ranch lifestyle, and what's important to you is important to us. You deserve an insurance plan custom-made to meet all the specific needs of your agribusiness operation. American National offers flexible farm and ranch policies with package options to help better protect your livelihood. We're right by your side. For more information and to connect with a local American National agent, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. You want the very best opportunities for your child. Given the amount of time children spend in school each day, you want your child to be inspired, to be engaged, to love going to school. At Bement, each student experiences this every day. The Bement School in Deerfield is a close-knit community of students from around the valley and across the globe. Kindergarten through ninth grade, learning from each other in the classroom, rooting for each other on the athletic field, and celebrating each other on the stage. We are local, we are global, and our differences make us stronger. 
We interact face-to-face, -face, share meals together every day, and open doors for one another. The true essence of your child's time at Bement is preparing for a life of integrity, of significance, of joy. Financial aid and transportation are available to help make a Bement school education possible. I'm Kim Laughlin, Director of Admission. Please contact me or visit our website. Bement will be the best investment you make in your child's future. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back, and we've been talking World Cup. I guess, you know, the real question that I wanted to raise, uh, we drifted sort of more into talking about soccer, football. But I, I wanted to talk about the role that politics should sure. play. In, and, you know, it, it's not as if the human rights violations weren't enough to talk about as if the ability of players to actually express themselves while on the world stage in terms of their ideological preferences, um, in terms of host countries uh, refusing to let people um, express themselves or be themselves, um, and the hypocrisy that flows from that. There's 15,000 journalists right now in Qatar, and... <coughs> uh, they are banned from covering certain things. It's it's really just what are we doing? Should we be host, should we be allowing such countries to host? That's the question. Well, I, the answer to that is I, I put the blame on FIFA. And again, you were talking about corruption. I think that that's where the responsibility to me. That's where the responsibility lies. Is you should not be. Uh, receiving payment to host uh, such parties in, in, in certain countries where you know this is going to happen. And I, I don't believe that the individuals at FIFA who uh, made the decision to host it in Russia and in Qatar um, should have agreed then. I think, like, they knew what this country, what happens in this country. Nothing you've described about gay rights, Workers' rights, women's rights, well, and all that, of that. All that of that. Criminalizing gay Criminal, yes, behavior. Yes, they've yeah. known all of that. This isn't new. It's not like Qatar put this on the map in the books recently and said, "Hey, you gave us this party in, in December second, 2010, and and we decided to change things in the meantime." So the responsibility falls, in my view, on who's hosting and creating the party. You're the one responsible for this, and you're willing to put profits and money over this. Now it's true. I, I'm still following the World Cup. A lot of people uh -huh. around the world are still following the World Cup. But but I'll put it to you this, Buzz. You know, do you follow football? I mean, how far do we take this? I mean, there's been a lot of evidence in recent years about the damage, concussion, and the sport of football has on people, and yet it's a $2 billion industry. People are still following. People are still loving it. Some of the players, they pay the price for it, in my opinion, long-term, when, no lo when they're no longer in the headlines and talked about their families pay the price of their bodies dealing Ouch. with those hits. So Ouch. how Listeners, far do you draw that it? was Dan Torres trying to justify his hypocrisy <laughs> by pointing out my hypocrisy. I, you know, at some point, everybody's got a little hypocrisy in this. And and so I don't, you know, tell me where the line is and I'll follow the line. But it seems like it, it changes depending on the sport. Well, ba basketball doesn't have this issue. I mean, uh, uh, basketball to me is a good example of a sport. But ready? But then some say are you talking about the world? Sorry, basketball. basketball. Sorry, I meant the NBA when I said. Sorry, I meant uh, 
the yeah. NBA, the National Basketball Association. You're talking about the the one that um, has uh, Kyrie Irving uh, playing for the Nets, and um, they-, they suspended him until he made uh, until he took certain measures. Now, so, so far they've been rather progressive. And they were really sincere measures. He really yeah. changed his tune. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, hey, uh, okay. I here, here's a question for you. So they've had at least, in my view, a more progressive stance on things. However, when it came to uh, a Houston Rockets uh, assistant general manager or the general manager making a statement against China, all of a sudden the business interest kicked in and they had to reprimand the, ge- the general man. It always does come down to money and it's so much money, Buzz, that well, they just I'll tell can't you, let We go have to it. take a break and we get to hear Jackie Walsh and her Playbill segment and some excitement coming out of the Shea Theater. Um, right after that, but I just wanted to point out, I heard Stephen Colbert talking about the Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic uh, uh, statements and the sanctions that were, the suspension that was imposed, and then his, him being welcomed back. And Stephen Colbert said, I don't understand how anybody could say that he's anti-Semitic when his name is Irving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this is Buzz Eisenberg speaking. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back right after this with Jackie Walsh and Playbill. Stay with us. Good afternoon for WHMP News. I'm Jess Tyler. The Amherst Pelham Regional School Committee will meet tonight amid some controversy over an artificial turf field at the high school. The Gazette Reports member Peter Demling will ask the panel to adopt a motion that reminds the committee to refrain from knowingly violating school committee policies concerning member duties and responsibilities, including the expectation that members abide by and carry out all committee decisions. This comes after committee member Jennifer Shieo has tried to stop the project, including opposing it on a public blog, due to concerns over possible PFAS chemicals contained in the turf. Chicopee police are investigating after a car struck and killed a pedestrian on Chicopee Street around 5.30 last night. Officers arrived and attempted to render aid, but were unsuccessful. The driver of the vehicle stopped following the accident and is cooperating with police. The Montague Historical Society is no longer pursuing the former Lake Pleasant Fire Station for a gathering and artifact storage location. Historical Society and Historical Commission member Ed Gregory completed a site visit of the former Lake Pleasant Fire Station and found the buildings to be in pretty bad shape. After being decommissioned in the 1990s, the building has been used for storage by the Turner's Falls Water Department. And East Hampton police are notifying drivers that a portion of Mountain Road will be closed on Thursday and Friday for road work. The Department of Public Works will be mowing and cleaning drainage structures between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. 
The road will be closed to all traffic during this time on both days. Drivers are asked to look for an alternate route. For the rest of today, mostly sunny, highs 42 to 46. Tonight, look for increasing clouds, overnight lows 28 to 32. And the outlook for Wednesday, mostly cloudy, rain and wind in the afternoon, highs in the low to mid-50s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. What, what I'm trying to communicate is that there are many, many layers of, of safety management in place at every source to ensure that we reduce as much risk as, as possible. Does the Bliss Street Station intentionally vent gas regularly? Because I can tell you that it vents gas. Pretty much every time I've gone to that area, I have smelled gas. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. The Hot Chocolate Run for Safe Passage is about all of us. Our community coming together to make Hampshire County safer for survivors of domestic violence. Safer for everyone. And you can help. Right here, right now. Secure your spot in this year's Hot Chocolate Run, happening Sunday, December 4th. Register and create your fundraising page today at hotchocolaterun.com. Join us for this celebrated community event and be a part of making safety, hope, and healing possible. U.S. Perg's Consumer Watchdog Team is cautioning consumers who are considering a buy-now-pay-later plan. The group says it's safer to make holiday purchases with a credit card, pointing out that credit cards offer federal fraud protections buy-now-pay-later lacks. Shopping for the most popular toys may present a challenge at this point. Because of all the early sales, some of the most sought-after items could be in short supply. Law enforcement officials are warning shoppers that a bargain price for one of the year's hot toys is likely the sign of a scam. When you see a sale price ending in 99, it might not be such a bargain. Emory University economist Daniel Levy has done a study that collected years of data from supermarkets. It found when prices end in nine, they are on average 18% higher than similar products that don't end in nine. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at consumeraffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Okay, we've exhausted sports and politics. It's time to turn to theater, Jackie. I don't think we can ever exhaust sports and politics. Yeah, well, <clears throat> if it was possible, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a good shot. So what do we have in Playbill today? So we have some a lot of stuff coming up in the area this weekend. I'm doing it in chronological order, which I never do. I'm so proud of myself. My notes are better. So this weekend, December 3rd through 4th, we have Rosemary Kane and the Wild Irish Women. They're doing a pro premiere of a show that she's written all the music and the book for called Margaret Moore and the Celtification of Emily Dickinson. It is Saturday at 7.30, Sunday at 2 at Hawks and Reed in Greenfield. Um, what's really cool is there's a live band, guitar, drums, violin, and harp. So it's going to be good. Um, Love, Millie, and Murray is at the Majestic, Majestic for the last week in West Springfield. About a couple have been married for 57 years. We also have the following weekend coming up, Welcome Yule, which is on Friday and Saturday at 7.30, then Sunday at 2 at the Shea Theater. It's a celebration of light in the darkest time of year. The Academy of Music has a couple things coming up. Thin Ice 
a story slam on Thursday, December 8th. It's not at the Academy, although it's sponsored. It's at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. The Nutcracker is all that weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They have a special sensory safe performance on Friday at 4. Um, and the following weekend, we have Believe, a holiday celebration with K&E Theater Group. They're only, they've only been around for two years, but they're doing so much great theater right in Northampton at the Northampton Center for the Arts. This, they're going to pay homage to traditional and contemporary holiday music. Um, we also have a play reading, Miss Bennett, Christmas at Pemberley. It's a playful sequel to Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice at the Deerfield in December 17th at 3. It's a fundraiser for Silverthorne Theater. And uh, we are lucky today to have Bart Bells in, the artistic director of Welcome Yule. Welcome Yule has been going on for decades. And um, this year it's focused, it's a sort of Scot Scottish, Irish, um, and one other country. He'll tell us, Welsh maybe, slant to it. So Bart, are you there? I am here, okay. and it's the English Scottish Celtic Experience Celtic. is the name How of it. How could I forget that, really? My last name is Walsh. So <laughs> December 9th through 11th at the Shea. Tell us, so it's called Welcome Yule. Just tell us what Yule is. Well, Yule is actually a very old, old special day. It's the solstice, and it's the, in the old Celtic uh, and Scottish uh, traditions. It is a It is one of the eight days of the year that are special, the solstices, the equinoxes, and then what they call the cross-quarter days, the days in between uh, the solstices and the equinoxes. And, and this used, year we're... It used to ahead. be celebrated, like how long ago, or or is it currently celebrated? I, I feel like it's a European tradition. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, the the part of it that I know about is is from the British Isles. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's the it's very very old. Um, I I can't tell you how old, mm -hmm. uh, but it's many 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 centuries, uh, and uh, it's uh, pre-Christian. Uh, and we call the thing Yuletide, and none of us think of it meaning anything, but it's actually Yule is the solstice, so it's it's the sh shortest day of the year, and so that's the day that the lights, strangely enough, it's the shortest day, but after that day, more and more light comes to the world. Yes. And so that's why we welcome Yule, because it's the time when the light's starting to come back. So interesting. The, I was thinking about this on the way down here, that you are welcoming the winter, the, the snow, and the dark days, but it sounds like it's almost the opposite. Exactly. We're welcoming the coming that we know there's a promise of spring, and we want to celebrate to encourage that that happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the old tradition anyway. The people wanted to make sure that spring came, so they celebrated and they lit up the darkest time, too. Right. So this to, has been, your production has been happening, did I read, 38 years? Um, there's a little bit of uh, uh, murkiness about it. I believe okay. it started in, in 86, okay. 1986. I did it first in 1988, and it had been done two years before I did, so I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. And, and I've been is, doing it since. Nice. So what what has been sort of the consistent thing that has happened every year? 
Uh, it's a combination of of uh, uh, theater and dancing and uh, singing and everybody in 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 costume and character from an older time and uh, it's very much focused on bringing community together and it's a shared experience people at times get to sing along with the show and uh, we come in through the aisles at times and so we're in amongst the people and it's very personal and very I always say you come away feeling warm and fuzzy nice um, and this year, with the English Scottish Celtic um, bend to it, what what will people experience? Um, they will experience uh, Yule, Yule celebrations, and uh, a lot of old English songs, and then Hogmanay, which is the uh, Scottish New Year. Uh, we'll be doing some Hogmanay songs and and. Uh, uh, dances and poems and stuff. Robert Burns makes appearance in this show. Robert Burns, the Bard of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's an eerie horn dance that is very strange to see with giant caribou antlers coming in and and a little dance being done with them. Uh, there's a sword dance um, with... Uh, weaving figures with with swords that aren't sharp. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I saw a Morris dance at the Ashfield Fall Festival this year with sticks. Is it similar to that? There will be a stick a Morris dance also at the as part as part of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh that'll be called Border Morris, which is a winter tradition and it's done in colorful rag shirts. Um and uh, it's uh, a little more uh, exuberant than some Morris dances. It's a lot of, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of fun. So Bart Bales, you are the artistic director of Welcome Yule, which that is right. Um, but does that mean that you've chosen all these acts you've just described, all these um, parts yes. of the celebration? They, yeah, they... and I set the I set the theme. I uh have rewritten the words to some of the songs to make them match our theme um i've chosen all the material that's in the show and uh i've ended up being the not just the artistic director but the stage director and the co <laughs> music uh, uh choral director uh, that was not my original intent but uh, i've ended up wearing a lot of hats you are the Yule Mule, I guess. Yule Mule, there you go. Or tool. So you'll, when you see me, you'll say, welcome Mule. <laughs> I knew we couldn't get through the show without a pun or two. <laughs> yes. Well, we're, we're going to take a break. We are talking with Bart Bales. This sounds really wonderful. It's a, a show that celebrates light at the darkest time of the year. It's at the Shea our beloved Shay, and it, we're speaking with Bart Bales as part of Playbill with Jackie Walsh. We'll be right back to talk more about Welcome Yule and this extraordinary time of year, which is right before our noses, right after these messages. Stay with us. Mary on a 
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. She said, Christmas is like solstice and we miss you and it's been a while. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground the best that they the Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo Tara Brewster, Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2, only on WHMP. Brought to you by Greenfield Savings Bank with offices all throughout Hampshire and Franklin counties. Greenfieldsavings.com. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. I chose community mental health to serve populations that are often underserved. Megan is a therapist at ServiceNet. One core value at ServiceNet is to continue to learn, to really strive for the most effective treatment. If you're looking for a strong sense of community and collaboration, come to ServiceNet. If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. Go to the employment page at servicenet.org. It is simply impossible, says the Boston Globe, to imagine an audience that wouldn't enjoy what they do. Cherish the Ladies, bringing their Celtic Christmas show to UMass December 2nd. Cherish the Ladies, the Irish-American supergroup formed in New York City in 1985, celebrating the rise of women in the Irish music scene. The sweetest hours that ever I Led by Joni Madden, Cherish the Ladies delivers a rousing blend of traditional music, captivating voices, and propulsive step dancing. For tickets, UMass Fine Arts Center website. Cherish the Ladies, Celtic Christmas, Friday, December 2nd, 7.30 p.m. in the Frederick C. Tillis Performance Hall at UMass. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday Corsello Butcheria? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Corsello Butcheria, the Italian-style butcher shop in East Hampton. The inspiration is a small family-run butcher shop in Rome. The meat is from local farmers they know and trust. Stop in for steaks and sausages, chops or chicken, or just a sandwich. Corsello Butcheria in East Hampton. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Want to support the kind of talk you hear on the Afternoon Buzz? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And you'll be supporting the local news, Valley Talk, and progressive voices you hear right here on WHMP. Let us know about your message. Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. And add your message to our mission. And hear your message right here on WHMP. Your message at whmp.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back. We are um, talking with uh, Playbill. It's Playbill with Jackie Walsh. We're talking with Bart Bales, the artistic director. It sounds like uh, the guy who does everything with respect to Welcome Yule, a show that celebrates light at the darkest time of the year at the Shea Theater. 
And when is that going to be um, performed? So it is Dece- Friday, December 9th, Saturday, December 10th, and then the 11th. The first two shows are at 7.30 at night, and the third one is at 2. You know, it's, it's an interesting time, Bart, because um, the full moon, I think, is on the 7th, the day that lives in uh-huh. it Nice. So uh, that's then the full moon this month. I think is called the cold moon. That makes total there you sense. go. So Bar, I'm curious. I know you through Valley Light Opera. You've you've had some really strong roles there, performing at the Academy of Music. I know that. I think I remember that your family was, is or was very into song. So I'm curious what you've brought to the. I'm sure every artistic director puts their own stamp on the show. What have you brought to the show from your own experience and background? Um, the big piece of it is the focus on community and growing people to be con- more connected to each other. Pretty much everything I'm involved in has a community associated with it. And in this show, uh, there's the English and the Scottish are struggling with each other a bit early in the show. Oh. And it's a friendly rivalry, but it's it's real. And uh, so we've turned that into a lot of fun uh, uh, to make that part of the whole action. When we're singing some songs, there's a call and response where one group sings to the other one, and then they try to sort of compete with each other to out-sing each other and stuff like that. And, and uh, it comes to a head later in the first act uh where there's a little little struggle and then uh, i'm going to give it give it away that there's there will be a resolution and uh uh people will be more united afterwards and uh and the other thing that i love in this is the humor mm-hmm. and then we've got a mummer's play which is full you mentioned puns the mummer's play that i wrote is just utterly loaded with puns <laughs> and uh it's got a bunch of very interesting characters in it, um, which their own names are are, uh, are are got a little bit of a pun to them. So, and the, a mummer's play is a symbolic of death and rebirth, where the old year dies and the new year comes alive. And but it's a very comic, slaps almost slapstick kind of uh, celebration of. Of, again, encouraging the light to come back, and so someone is there's a struggle, and then someone has to be magically uh, revived, and uh, and it's it's all a lot of fun. And uh, we'll introduce some goddesses uh, who will be pretty fun and funny, and uh, lots of other characters. Mm-hmm. King Winter makes an appearance. And be ready for a reference to a popular culture situation in the play. I won't give it away, but uh, we have our suspicions for for sure. Um, So, is there live music? Absolutely, there's live music, but much of the much of the music is is unaccompanied. Uh Much of the singing is unaccompanied, Uh, uh, pure chorus, but not not choir-like chorus, and these songs are much older and much more rousing and rollicking and uh, full of uh, some of its counterpoint and some of its uh, different, lots of different voices moving. Uh, there's a shape note, which is a, a fugue, which is each each part chimes in with the same line. 
uh, at a different time, and it makes it very energizing. And uh, so, and then we do have uh, musicians. We've got a fiddler. We've got a couple of fiddlers, a couple of squeeze box players. We've got someone playing nice. the hurdy gurdy, which is a crank. Nice. Uh, yes, I know someone crank who plays that instrument. Yeah. yeah the same person you know. Um, Maybe. I'm pretty sure. Who lives up in Coleraine? Uh, Ashfields, but okay. anyway. Yeah. And uh, bagpipes? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Bagpipes? Yes, there will be a bagpiper. Yay. Yes, there will be a bagpiper. Right. And it, it sounds like it's going to be very hard to just sit there and be quiet when all this fun and spirituality is happening all around you. Is there any audience engagement in this? Absolutely. There's there's about four songs that have the, some of the choruses in the program, and people can sing along with them and, and uh, uh, get involved themselves. And, and uh, at the end, uh, I guess I'll tip my hand on this. We're going to end with Old Lang Syne, and we're going to encourage people to get up and, uh-huh. and join us. Wow. Nice. In the audience. We'll come out into the audience and sing with the people. After our bows, we come out and sing Old Lang Syne. Together. Burns would be thrilled. <laughs> yeah. He, he wrote yeah. that, didn't he? Yes, I think yeah. he did write that. Yeah, yeah. He did. He um, did. So, uh, you know, if I were considering auditioning, I'd be like, ooh, these people have been doing it for decades. I don't know if they like new people. Do you welcome new people, and is it intimidating to audition for Welcome Mule? Uh, it is not intimidating to audition at all. Uh, we're very uh, relaxed. Uh, people sort of come in by invitation and connection, uh, and people express interest, and then uh, uh, some people are added every year. We've got... Uh, I don't know, uh, three or four or five. I think we've got five new people out of the 24 that are in the show. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and there's always a bunch of people that come back, and there's always a bunch of people. Uh, th- there's always some people that are new. And what's really exciting this year for me personally is my daughter has come back to the show. Oh, um, she did it with me since since she was six years old nice. until she was seventeen. That's probably and very extremely welcome, Yule, right? Yes. <laughs> so so Bart fails. Well, it sounds like she'd be great. She's experienced and she's young with all that. Uh, yes. Yeah, but so I understand the, the beautiful traditions that you're uh, celebrating um, in this. But is it is it a contemporary feeling too? I mean, is it feel like we're just celebrating old traditions or is there something fresh about it? Oh, there's a lot fresh about it because uh, a bunch of the songs have been rewritten uh, to to uh, connect and there's topical references in the Mummer's play and uh, but but it is evoking an older time uh, but the energy is so energized, I mean the music is so energized that there's no way you couldn't be drawn into it. it it's, uh, it's, it's, people will feel connected and comfortable, and I think people tend to feel at home. 
Fantastic. So Bar Bales has been talking about Welcome Yule, which is at the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls, December 9th through 11th. So how do people get tickets, Bart? Okay, people can go to uh, the Shea Theater uh, website and get tickets. There's World Eye Books in Greenfield. Uh, there's a few other locations mentioned on the Welcome Yule uh, website, which is simply welcomeyule.org, and uh, and you can reserve tickets uh, via welcomeyule.org, and you or you. But the best way is to go ahead and reserve and buy tickets from the box office or from one of the locations that are noted on the website. Excellent. Well, <laughs> I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, where we would say "Yao Yule." It's welcome y'all, and it's welcome going to be y'all. welcome y'all. It's going to be the yeah, 9th through I'm the 11th of December. So I say welcome y'all too. Okay, <laughs> it's at the beloved Shea Theater. It is celebrating light at the darkest time of the year, notwithstanding the full moon that happens days before. Bart Bales, artistic director, and it sounds like. Johnny do everything with respect to welcome you. It just sounds like a wonderful performance. Jackie. I, I, I sing and dance and act in it too. <laughs> wow. He does do everything. Jackie, thank you so much for bringing it to our attention. Yeah, this was fun. A lot of fun. Welcome you everybody. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye -bye, Bart. We will be with you tomorrow. So please join us. Have a great evening. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. You may have read or heard about the extraordinary reviews of the new book, G-Man, J. Edgar Hoover and the Making of the American Century by Yale University Professor of History, Beverly Gage. It's a fascinating and important book, and Beverly Gage will be Live our guest Live and local on the show news and talk Wednesday. for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.